for some reason, people have this innate primal need to kick them. Nomadic cowbirds and poking the puffballs. I like turtles. And lightsaber frog calls. Fresh steamy scat filled with persimmon seeds. Hello! Welcome to That's My Favorite, where you get to geek out with naturalists from the Great Plains Nature Center. I am Emily Davis, and today we also have Rachel Roth hosting, and we get to interview Lindsay Ryan about I'm so her excited. favorite. What's your favorite, Lindsay? I like fungus. Who is surprised? Absolutely nobody. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, um, is there any way to narrow this down? Oh, yes. Oh, my god! I feel like that's too broad. There's a lot of fun guys. I could definitely do several episodes on this. You have to. You got to. It's about fungus. Guys are killing me. (laughs) No, you're killing us. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I can find a mushroom and definitely Poison mushroom. Okay. Okay. Um, Today, I think I'm going to narrow it down to the puffballs. And... It's very important to recognize that the word or the name puffball is not scientific. <laughs> okay. And no. In any way. <laughs> it's just a uh, name for a group of species that have evolved similar ways to distribute their spores. So it's oh. not like a family or anything. Nope. Or even not. a genus. It's nope. just... A bunch of different ones that they can be from all different parts of the fungus kingdom. Yep. Kind of oh. like how reptiles are not all the same family tree. They just happen to have superficial characteristics. Exactly. And hey. there's a, a fancy word. <laughs> Pushing for up that. your glasses too. I loved that. <laughs> that was a coincidence. Really. <laughs> and it's called polyphyletic, okay. which is kind of a fancier word meaning convergent evolution. Mm. So there are groups of puffballs that are from completely different families. So you have like um, Calvadias, which are the true <laughs> puffballs, which is that's a genus name. Okay. Is this is this podcast episode going to be entirely just scientific names? Galore? No, not no 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 no. <laughs> okay. I'm just. Telling I'm just going to have to mentally prepare myself. The yeah. big thing, okay, yeah. I want to get into it. The big thing I want you guys to know is that puffball is not scientific. Okay. It's just a group of fungus or fun- fungi <laughs> that um, push their spores out into the world. Not even push, but they are like a round mass ball. or a ball, yeah, that Puffs. is originally... <laughs> a firm, fleshy material that eventually turns into a very fine, powdery spore mass that puffs, making them puffballs. Yes. I have a question. Okay. <laughs> because there's a lot of really cool mushrooms out there. Yeah. Why puffballs? Oh, okay. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Mostly, okay, they're one of my favorite things to talk to and talk to. Talk to? You talk to yes. <laughs> Okay, so yes, sometimes I talk to puffballs. Most of the time I talk about them to other people 
for instance, when I do field trips or I'm just out in the park and I see a little tiny earth star puffball, I can pick it up and show people how their spores spread around. Mm -hmm. And they do that by relying on raindrops. So when it rains and the puffball is out and the spore body has matured into this thing called a gleba. Ooh, Ooh, that's that's a how do you spell that? It's G-L-E-B-A. That's so cute. I know. Gleba. That'd be a cute, like, <laughs> ecological girl name. Gleba. Gleba. <laughs> oh, my God. In a Star Wars movie, maybe. Yeah, yes. Maybe. Come on, little Gleba. You've got to go find your Uncle Luke and help him milk green milk out of space creatures. <laughs> if you are familiar with the show Friends, uh, what are their names? Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. I know that one's named Rachel. And Ross's kids... Their kids, Emma, her name is Emma. Her first word is Galiba. Oh, I do You're remember kidding that. Me. Nope. Yes. And then Ross doesn't believe that it's actually a word, and Rachel proves him wrong by looking it up in the dictionary. Yep. You're kidding and me. And she tells him the definition of a Galiba. Oh my God, that's really her cool. Her child's yeah. a genius, basically. Yeah, yeah. pretty or much. Just She's a good child. Totally gonna be a scientist, and then mm-hmm. Ross loses his mind about it. <laughs> anyway. Back to the Galiba, which is the matured <laughs> spore mass. So when a raindrop falls and hits the case of it, it uses that raindrop to poof and force all of the spores yes. out into the world. So you can show people that by mimicking a raindrop and using your finger to poof or poke that little puffball yeah. and so show bas- everybody the spores. Basically, you just poke it. Yeah. Yeah. You poke the puffball you poke the and puffball. then it smokes. And it's a lot of fun. I still have one in my office that I think you gave me like forever oh, ago, probably. like a year ago, and it's still will poof yeah. a little bit. Like yeah. it's impressive. They're very long lasting. Yeah. And you can find their little fruiting bodies all year round. Aww. So As long as it's wet enough. Or does it matter? It doesn't matter. So oh, okay. I'll get into that. Um, before I explain that you can find them all year round, can mm-hmm. I explain like what a fungus Please. is and everything? Yes. Okay. Because they're very different. Hey, Lindsay. Yes. What's a mushroom? <laughs> All right. Buckle up, buttercup. I'm so buckled. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, a mushroom is a fungus, but not even a fungus. It's a very tiny part of a fungus. Okay. Mm. so it, Like a fingernail. Yeah, kind Ooh. of. Like poking up out of the dirt, like a little finger. Ooh, sometimes they look like fingers too. Sometimes they do. <laughs> oh. So the mushroom that you see is connected to a very large buried network called a mycelium, which is the actual body of the fungus. That's the one that does all the work. And that's the part of the fungus that does the digesting and the absorbing of nutrients and creating those mycorrhizal relationships and returning. That's a lot of words. I know. <laughs> and it returns those organic materials back into the soil. Essentially, the mycelium is the big body and the fruiting body is just the reproductive structure that comes out. And what I mean by fruiting body, I mean that little mushroom that you see poking up out of the ground or growing out of the side of a tree or puffing in the meadow. Even the ones, okay, so when I've gone out mushroom hunting, is that the, is that the word for like looking for mushrooms? Foraging? Do you forage? So there is a difference. Okay. Foraging what? Okay. is where you go out and you look for species that are edible. Okay. And a foray is where you go out and you just look for species. <gasps> Ooh. We've been doing forays this whole time. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. That's really cute. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay, so when anyway, when we've gone on forays yep. looking for mushrooms, mm-hmm. just the diversity, just to enjoy them. Half the time they're like 
little dudes that are just on branches. Like, what are those split gills? Are those the ones you always point out yep. that you like a lot? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're just like little, like fuzzy little dudes on branches. Or they're like the, the sort of shelf looking ones people are probably familiar with. Mm-hmm. I, I've learned one name for it. it. One of them is called Ganoderma. Yep. And I'm really proud of myself I'm for proud knowing of that. You. Thank you. I just know Turkey Tail. Yep. Yeah, turkey yeah. tail is another one. So, so those little dudes that are like fans or shelves mm-hmm. or whatever on branches, mm-hmm. there's a mycelium that's like inside the branch yeah. all the time. Uh, yep. But uh-huh. we've like picked them off before. Yeah. And, and that's like, okay. We don't see that. Yeah, you won't. So because it's inside that substrate and because it's so fine, they're like little white hairs that are just spreading throughout that. And a lot of the times, so with these puffballs, you can actually turn over a chunk of dirt right next to it where it's growing on and then when you flip it over you see this network of these white like webbing that's underground and that's the mycelium it's just like a mat yeah kind of okay so anytime and i can basically guarantee this 99 percent. anytime you're walking outside you're walking on a fungal mycelium though you're not seeing it it's all underground it's like this Uh, massive underground network does it hurt the fungus no to walk on it? Nope. Oh, okay. it does not. Does it hurt a mushroom? No. To walk on it. Okay, so I do <laughs> want to touch on that. <laughs> so when you think of a mushroom, a lot of people like to imagine a tree, all right? The mushroom is the part that's above the ground. It's oh, the trunk, oh. and like the trees and branches are at the top of the cap, right? This mm-hmm. is your typical mushroom with the cap toadstool kind of image i wish you guys could all see Lindsay making like umbrella jazz fingers over here (laughs) trying to mimic a tree it's kind of cute um (laughs) and then the mycelium is the is depicted as the roots that are underground okay i don't like describing it like that because if you pick a mushroom the mycelium is perfectly fine it's unharmed you're just taking away its reproductive structure which it put a lot of time and energy and water and nutrients into creating so Mm -hmm. you are harming its reproductive ability but you're not actually hurting the body of the fungus that mycelium Mm -hmm. so in the case of the tree if you cut the tree down the tree's dead right yeah yeah so we can alter that and say the mushroom that you pick out of the ground or you kick over or whatever it is is more like an apple so you can pick an apple off of a tree move it somewhere else, mm-hmm. the spores can develop or the seeds inside the apple de- develop Ooh. without actually harming the body. Okay, that apple's a way better way to describe a mushroom than yeah. the seed pod and the other things I was trying to come up with. <laughs> I really appreciate you have that seeds effort. inside, right? It's mushrooms? Wait, what? Apples. Ap- well, apples. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like the it's apple is the out. tree's <laughs> way of trying to spread its babies. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing goes for a mushroom. Yeah, exactly. It's the actual creature organism not creature the actual organism is living its separate life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. inside a tree yep inside of a tree inside of another living thing like an insect um underground decomposing even like in tiny wood chips it can be a whole mycelium it just depends on the species and these can be huge massive yeah absolutely enormous yeah so i do want to bring up one of the biggest puffballs ever it's a fancy name is calvadia gigantea Ooh. And it sounds pretty gigantic. Very well named. <laughs> so Calvadia is Latin for calvus, which means bald. Mm-hmm. And then calvia, I think, which means dome of skull. Ooh. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's kind of Ooh. painting a picture. So this is a big white puffball that looks like yeah. a skull on a little pedestal neck-like thing. And it's white okay. and it's bald. 
Okay. Okay. The great thing about this is that Calvadia gigantea um, is probably the biggest puffball on the planet. Sweet. And it averages the size of a soccer ball. No. Oh, wow. But the largest one ever found on record was about 59 inches in diameter. How big That's is that? That's about five feet. Oh, that's like as tall as me. Yeah. Oh my god. What? Monstrous. It's a huge mushroom. Huge. And it was um <gasps> Can you imagine what okay, okay. Hang on. <laughs> okay. If this puffball is like as tall as me, when it gets to the puffy part stage, you could just t- belly flop on that sucker. <gasps> yeah. And just oh. be in like a spore. Face bath. You totally could. Yes. Oh, I felt like one of those color runs. But just mushroom <laughs> spores everywhere. <laughs> The good news is that if you did that, it wouldn't harm you. Oh, it I didn't no. even think about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of, I, was, I was curious. Yeah, so when I do those field trips and I demonstrate these puffballs and the giant massive spores puff out of it, yeah. that like cloud of brown, it almost looks like smoke. Because mm-hmm. these spores are really microscopic, mm-hmm. tiny things. And um, I get asked, asked a lot of questions about if breathing it in is harmful or if they breathe it in, is a little mushroom going to grow inside my lungs? That's so cute. <laughs> I know. Wait, well... It's actually kind of creepy. Kind of terrible. It is, and it's a valid question. Yes. But the good news is that number one, no, it will not, and yeah. number two, the worst thing that it's going to do is probably make you sneeze. Okay. Oh, so for every puffball, yeah, pretty oh, much. That's good for every mushroom. I wouldn't say that. Okay, I wouldn't say that. So we shouldn't stick our nose in the gills of a mushroom and just like sniff, breathe in real deep, and just try to smell it. I sniff a lot of mushrooms, <laughs> <laughs> and she's fine. <laughs> And, uh, Nothing went wrong there no, at all. No, I'm fine. Um, it would be better to like slice it in half and smell the top part of it rather than stick your nose on the underside. Okay. Just in case, I advise that because a lot of people have different reactions to different things. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So I never advise really sniffing plus using your nose to try to identify something isn't 100% accurate. Right. People smell things a little differently. It's pretty subjective. Yeah. Yes, and people have different reactions, so I never really advise people to eat things from the wild yeah. for that reason because you never really know. Yeah. And that's a gray area. But anyway, can we get back to the Calvadia gigantea? That oh, yes, please. That was five feet? Okay. Um, it was estimated that that puffball alone produced seven trillion spores. Oh, my gosh. That's a seven with ah. 12 zeros behind it. Ah. Okay. Let me put this a little more into perspective for you. Numbers are I'm gonna, so abstract. I know. I'm Help gonna, us. I am. So let me – I have to refer to my notes here to get this right. So there are 31.6 million seconds in a year. If you hold your breath for 7 trillion seconds, that means you'll be holding your breath for 221,817 years. Oh. Uh. That's insane. I know. That. Dude. What? And you asked earlier about, or you mentioned the puffball I gave you a long time ago. It's still mm-hmm. puffing, right? Mm-hmm. And that has something to do with it. They produce these giant masses of this gleba. <laughs> those, mature, those mature spores. What are the gleba again? It's the mature spore mass inside of the puffball. So it's okay. like a structure inside a mushroom mm-hmm. that's producing spores yeah but at that point it's already produced all the spores mm-hmm. and it's just a mass waiting to get pushed out into the environment uh, okay so it's like a holding cell kind of so there's the casing okay she's yeah. making a ball shape with her hands imagine a watermelon okay watermelon. Okay. okay imagine imagine with the rind yep. yes all right and then inside of it the pink juicy stuff mm-hmm. that's the gleba Ooh. so it's inside the shell like a watermelon rind 
Okay. And then inside of there, but it's not really connected. Like there's a tiny space between that rind and the pink fleshy stuff. Okay. Okay. And it just kind of protects it and allows the puff balls to get pushed out without actually getting wet. Because if a raindrop just falls oh. on it, they're not going to get out and get puffed up and picked up by the wind and carried off. They're just going to create a big mushy brown mess yeah okay i've seen okay. some puff balls that have like a little hole in the top or multiple holes mm-hmm, in the top mm-hmm. but what about the ones that just you tap them and it comes out of everything like do they become porous does the like rind of the watermelon become porous or something or like- that's a really good question so it kind of depends on the species um there are ones that form really specific perforations on the top Ooh, or like some of them have little beaks where they like one little, they call them beaks, where um, one little like chimney of spores will come out if the oh. if the mass gets hit. That's cute. And then there are ones like the pepper pot that have multiple holes in the top of it. I think that's what I'm used to seeing. Yep. Yeah. And um, when you, when the raindrop falls on that, it looks like, poof, a bunch of pepper. Like a pepper shaker. Yeah, like a pepper yeah. shaker. Mm-hmm. A bunch of them come out of all those little holes. Mm-hmm. But there are other species where cracks actually form in the surface. So when you tap it, it comes out of pretty much everywhere or all of those little cracks. Okay. Is that like the yellow ones that we see in the park all the time mm-hmm. under the cedar trees? Yep. Okay. And those I – Emily's making a face. Have you seen those before? I think I have. They're like – The really, really tiny ones? Softball size or smaller. Oh, they're good size. That's not what I'm thinking. They're, cal- they're like baseball size. Yeah. They're Calvadia okay. craniformis, which is like a smaller cousin to Calvadia gigantea. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen just like then. little, like little, 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 they look like little white fists <laughs> coming up out of the ground. That's yeah. Like this. Okay. And you can totally eat the white part, but then it turns yeah. yellow when it's ready to make spores. Then mm-hmm. you poke it and it's just like the whole, the whole Fun. thing, every single surface that's yellow, just like all of it smokes. Yeah. Oh. And some of that outside shell that, or that watermelon rind actually mm-hmm. falls away, mm. revealing the whole mass. Wouldn't it get Ooh. wet then? Well, I think... The way that works is that um, in heavy rains, it's not exactly beneficial because then the spores can't get out. But in light rains, one oh. or two raindrops hit it and it keeps puffing all of it out. Okay. Um, and they're under trees. so Yeah. So they're usually helps. protected. They would just get droplets mostly. Yeah. Well, the ones we've seen, most of the time you're actually going to find species like this in wide open grassy areas. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But they can be found in woody areas. They just prefer grassier spots. Okay. My experience with mushrooms is exclusively our park and anywhere I've been with yeah. you. <laughs> so. We need to get out more. We talked about like how big it is, like soccer ball sized or like five foot human sized mm-hmm. and how many spores it has. But what about its mycelium? Would that spread further with how large that mushroom is too? Ooh. You know, that's a really good question. From my understanding, the – older the mycelium or the longer it's had to store nutrients mm-hmm. and really gather everything that it needs to create a really large fruiting body, mm-hmm. the bigger it's going to be. Okay. From my understanding, but yeah. I think that's only certain species. So other species of puffball, they don't get get very big just mm-hmm. because of the limitations to their actual species. Okay. Um. So would it just produce more puffballs then yeah. from the same mycelium? It can, yeah. Okay. Sometimes even there are some puffballs that even grow in fairy rings. Oh, <gasps> puffballs yeah. can do fairy rings. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's cool. Yep. So it really just kind of depends on the species that we're looking okay, at. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and that five foot Calvadia gigantea, mm-hmm. 
it was a rarity. Like they don't normally get that large. They okay. usually average. So it just had ball, like a really good year. <laughs> yeah, it, it had a good year. But yeah, they love rain. Just quick note, I think what I'm thinking of with like just that large mycelium, wasn't there one that was like so big that it caused like this big tree die off? Yeah. Because it was like 2,000 acres of mycelium or something. Yeah. What? Like I'm sh- I don't think it was a puffball, but it's it was not. just huge. Yeah. So there is uh, actually a lot of people think of the biggest organism on the planet as being the blue whale. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, that's it's not. Actually, not true. Oh, freaking It's fungus. a fungus. What the heck? Yep. And uh, this particular species is a honey fungus, or a honey mushroom is its common name. Cute. Why is it called a honey mushroom? Well, it's a, an edible species. Oh. And it tastes like honey. Tastes con- it's kind of sweet, I think. Oh. I've never eaten one. Okay. Um, I know you can find them in Kansas, but mostly Ooh. in the eastern part of the state. Gotcha. But um, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed. It's not like a golden version of an inky cap. Well, it might they might get their name because they are golden colored like oh, honey. Oh. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know a lot about that species. It doesn't like glob cute little honey droplet spores though. <laughs> no. Oh. It does not. Oh. We can save inky caps for another episode. Okay, my bad. No, you're good. <laughs> That's actually on my list. <gasps> anyway, um so this honey mushroom mm-hmm. is actually found up in Oregon and it spans 2,400 acres, Jeez, square sweet. acres. How big is that? So it's um, about 60, it takes up about 66 football fields. Jeez. And the honey mushroom is actually a parasitic fungus, so it's living off the Ooh. roots of these trees. Oh, which is why they're that's not why die off. them. Okay. Ooh. Yep. Isn't there one, like, parasitic root dude that's growing in that little catalpa stand on the- There is, but it, I think it, something happened to it, and it's not growing anymore. No. So... Lame. Yeah, I know. That's off subject, though. That's okay. okay. Yeah, sorry. Back to puffballs. Anyway, so you brought up <laughs> parasitic fungi, which makes me want to tell you what kind of a mushroom puffballs are. <gasps> are they parasitic? They're not. Oh, okay. okay. They're well. not. So, <laughs> are mush- they decompositional? <laughs> <laughs> yes, th- there's a fancy word for that. Okay, what is it? So, they're saprotrophs. Saprotrophs. Ooh, yeah. Does sapro mean wood? Dead. Dead things. Know. Decomposing. Sapro is the Latin root meaning rotten. I like that. I'm going to name my child Which makes that. Sense. Rotten. Latin? Rotten. Oh. I'm going to name my child that. Sapro. I'm going to stick with Gleba. <laughs> <laughs> I think mycelium's kind of pretty. Gleba lichen roth. You <laughs> were named after two of the most influential organisms. <laughs> At Hogwarts. Oh my gosh. At Hogwarts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and anyway. one of them was the bravest fungus I ever met. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> okay. So mushrooms usually fall under three categories mm-hmm. of what they do in the ecosystem. Parasite. One is parasite. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Two are saprobics or saprotrophs. And three is mycorrhizal. Ooh, okay, so mm, let me see if them. I got this. Okay. Mycorrhizal. Yep. It has a relationship that's beneficial with a plant. Yes. Especially trees. Yes. But does not harm the tree. Nope. Okay. Yes. So they benefit each other. Yes. Work together. Boom. Okay. Next. Parasitic. They're a parasite. Done. Okay. Sapro whatever. Saprobic. Yep. <laughs> Saprobic. Saprobic. They sap up rotten things. <laughs> There it is. You nailed it. Oh, I'm a genius. You nailed it. 
so uh, these saprotrophs are. Oh, yeah. I was just gonna say sapros. Yeah. Well, like they're little sapros. These sapros. Sapro. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> New nickname. Uh, these little sapros are decomposing the organic matter that's just out there. Does like, that include animals? Yep. No. <laughs> yep. But it's usually like past a certain stage and they're like you can't really tell it's an animal anymore and it's oh it's pretty broken down already. yeah okay. like super broken down like just a pile of nutrients yeah pretty much mulch 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 <laughs> isn't an animal mulchy animal <laughs> most of the time they'll break down wood or leaves or pine needles oh okay so when people are advising to leave your leaves in the yard, I know that's partly because insects and other cocoon-dwelling critters will take refuge there. Mm-hmm. But then they're also like, oh, but there's organisms that eat them. Are those saprobes? Yeah. Saprobic fungi? Oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. You can get saprobic fungi in your yard. Okay. Um, you can, can get a whole organism on a leaf. What? Yeah. Uh, a whole little leaf. tiny mushroom. Yeah, little. Like mycelium and yeah. everything just on one leaf. Last year, <gasps> there was a wood chip. I don't know, probably the size I of my. Remember that to the first knuckle on my index finger, yeah. not big, and there was a very tall, skinny mushroom coming out of the top of it, <gasps> oh. and the whole body of that mycelium was inside little wood. Oh. That little wood chip. Oh my gosh, That's so cute! Does it, when it runs out of wood chip, does it die? Probably. Oh, it doesn't spread to another wood chip. No, I mean that mushroom probably knew that its time was coming, and mm. it was like, man, I gotta reproduce. Oh. I'm using all the nutrients in this little wood chip. Oh, uh, okay. So there's uh. a good chance that that's why it actually decided to put a mushroom out. It's like a last hurrah. Yeah. It could also just be that that's the way the species is, and okay. it has a short life cycle, and it just needs to reproduce every year, or maybe it reproduces every, like, every year that it's inhabiting that wood chip. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Oh. It just depends on the species. Dude, have you oh have you seen um, those like speed up animations of like <gasps> leaves in the yard disappearing and stuff? And it's like a little net that goes over them and yep. stuff. Is that a mushroom or a fungus or is that something totally different? Am I crazy? You know what I'm talking about though, right? Like all I can think of is the example with the leaves because that's the most obvious thing that you can see like disappearing because it goes through it so fast. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we also need to be aware of the fact that other critters are eating the leaves too, like lily polies insects and other insects Ooh, okay so they're also breaking this stuff down what you saw on the leaf if it moved rapidly and it looked like like a wet net almost was it like a yellow color yeah that's exactly it yeah that was probably a slime mold oh which is not a fungus it's actually a protist Oh, yeah, that's right. It's like the one that okay. clumps up all together, mm-hmm. and then they have, like, different they're, – they're weird. Yeah, they're, they're really cool. They're, like, having... colonial organisms, and they can actually move around. Looks like dog vomit yeah. almost. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. They're really cool. <laughs> I don't, I don't cool. know a lot about them. I do know that there is a false puffball that is actually a slime mold. What? Does it look like a puffball? Well, when it grows on, a like, a rotten log, it looks like – little stalks with tiny puffballs on top of it. Oh. So people confuse it with a fungus a lot. Hmm. Yeah. Cute. I think it's also a yellow color. But I don't again I don't know a lot about slime molds. So I would like to. Whole other world. And being a protist, they're more like a bacteria than they're like a colonial bacteria basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. They're pretty crazy. Lindsay. Yeah. If there's things in the world 
like slime molds, which I know, I know it's not a fungus. I'm aware that it's not a fungus, but there's so many like weird, crazy, awesome things out there. So why out of all of the crazy things, including crazy mushrooms, Mm -hmm. did you, why are puff balls one of your favorites? You see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. I see it. I understand. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have a weird story from college. I was a sophomore in undergrad, I think that's right, and I was walking home late from the library, and I saw this white thing sticking up out of some grass that hadn't been mowed for a while, and I was like, that looks like fun, I'm going to go kick it. (laughs) (laughs) So I ran over there, bag in tow, I had some friends with me who were walking back with me because it was dark out, and... Um, I kicked it, and it turns out it wasn't a mushroom. <gasps> what was it? It was one of those, like, white pipe caps. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, my foot has not been the same since. <laughs> what the heck? Did you break your toe? I don't think so. If I did, I never got it fixed or anything. Oh. It just kind of aches when it rains. Man. Oh, Lindsay. Anyway, but wait... That doesn't make any sense. I know. Why do you love puffballs? Well, I did that in the hopes that it was a puffball, obviously, because for some reason, people have this innate primal need to kick them. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Right? You kick a lot of mushrooms. And when you kick them, and if they're mature, then you end up with this monstrous explosion of spores, which is like the coolest thing I'd ever seen when I was a kid. (laughs) Which kind of snowballed into this weird obsession with puffballs. So. That's precious. I think that's why I picked puffballs for my first episode about mushrooms. Your primal urge to kick them was your gateway to fungus queen. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I will ask, though it makes me a hypocrite, please don't kick them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't say that when you have just I know, but I I was young and I was dumb and I... Just didn't have the respect for them that I, that I have now. Now you know better. Exactly. And we know our listeners aren't dumb, so now yeah. we all know better. Yeah. Learn well, from her mistakes. Yes. Especially if they're not mature yet. This is for a couple of reasons, actually. The humans or the mushrooms? The mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and the humans. Uh, so please don't kick them ever because, number one, it took that fungus a lot of effort to make, to put all of its eggs in that one mushroom. You worked hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not very nice to kick it over when it hasn't really had the chance to reproduce or let those Aww. spores mature. So just be nice to it and give it th- give it that little chance that it needs. Um Yeah. What if what if we know it's a mature mushroom and it's ready to release spores? Then I think that it's okay. Okay. Maybe like do like a little uh, test poke first. Yeah, test pokes mm-hmm. are good. And then you can kick it. Yeah. If it's releasing spores. But at the same time, if we kick it over, it's not going to be left there for other people to enjoy. <gasps> That's true. I'm going to support you on this one, Lindsay. <laughs> Leave it for the sake of the children who just need to see that mushroom. Yeah, who just need to experience the world of fungus. And the adults who are children inside. Yes. And still feel the urge to kick it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't kick it, just poke it. Yeah, it's still fun. Just enjoy it. Um, the second reason that I'm going to suggest that you not kick it over if it's not mature is because if it's still young enough, you can eat them. Ooh, 
Oh, yeah. They're actually oh, yeah. pretty tasty. And I'm going to say that it's okay to eat these guys because they're pretty hard to misidentify. Just puffballs specifically. Yep. Okay. What about Earth Stars? I, I'll get to that. So the ones that I'm talking about specifically that are considered edible are the large white ones or fist-sized ones. Mm-hmm. And when you cut into them, they should be white all throughout. If you see any evidence of a gill or discoloration suggesting that that um, – What's it called? Gleba. No, this oh. is the immature version. <laughs> it's actually called a gastrothesium. Gastrothesium? Mm-hmm. Mm. Gastrothesium is the immature Gleba? Yeah. Gleba gastrothesium. Geez, you were cute. named after <laughs> two of the most important mushroom parts at Hogwarts. But I'm pretty sure that that's the name of the unmature fleshy section inside of the puffball. Puffballs actually used to be in their own taxonomic group. All of them? Okay. Yep. All? Yeah. And um, so now they're in the group Basidio Mycotes. Gesundheit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they used to be considered gastromycotes, which is oh. a totally different section. But now they're not. So that's a leftover mm. basically from their ancient human past yeah so. <laughs> really ancient past relationship with humans that are no longer alive probably. yeah i think so i'm Maybe. not 100 percent sure okay. why it's called the gastrothesium i have to look at it every time i read it but the spores are produced by that okay, okay. and then the mature spore mass it's called the gleba mm-hmm. you following me yes so when these puffballs are young and they're white you cut mm-hmm. them in half lengthwise and if they're white all the way through and they don't show anything else inside of it because there are some species of amanita, which are poisonous. <gasps> okay. And no person should ever eat an amanita ever. Those are like the typical white lawn mushrooms. Yes. That have like little gills and yep. they grow in fairy, fairy yep. rings. Yep, they do. Okay. Um, one of the most poisonous mushrooms or toxic mushrooms on the planet is called the destroying angel or the death angel. Yeah. It can look like a puffball when it's young. That's terrifying. Yes. But you can tell the difference because uh, it looks like a puffball because it has this thing called a universal veil, which covers the gills. (gasps) Yes. Yeah. So it just kind of looks like a little white packet. And if you cut into that little packet, you'll see what looks like um, a really thick T inside of it. Okay. Okay. You if it's like a cross section. So. Yeah. Okay. It's so like imagine just cutting a mushroom in half. Yeah. And you should mm-hmm. see something inside of it suggesting that it's not a puffball. Because a puffball is going to be white all the way through. Just like solid. Yep. Just solid. You're a not solid okay. ball. Any discoloration. If you do see any discoloration, just don't eat it. Okay. And that's all you got to know. Sense. Yeah. And do you, you can, like chew them up raw or do you have to cook them all the time? You, or? These should be cooked. Never eaten raw. So it's best if they're fried. Oh, yeah. Like in oil? Yeah, you can fry them in. I'm cool with that. Bread and fry them in butter or oil. You can saute them. Just make sure you cook them. Ooh, that sounds so yes. Yeah. Um, Why? Why do you have to cook them? Why should they always be cooked? So there is a protein in them that can cause gastrointestinal upset if not cooked all the way through. But if it's cooked all the way through, you're going to break that protein apart. Oh, so then you have nothing to worry about. Cool. Okay, then what about Earth stars? What makes them different from these other puffballs? So they're, I'm not even 100% sure if they're considered a true puffball. So oh, a okay. true puffball lacks a stem. Oh. oh. And it just is there. Oh. Okay, so like just so people who are listening to this and have not 
gone on a foray with Lindsay <laughs> to see what these things are. And Earth Star is kind of like, okay, imagine a little ball. And then imagine that the outside of it kind of splits open and then turns into like a little Christmas tree skirt around it mm-hmm. that's pointed in lots of different stars, like star points around They're like it. arms that come off of it? Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. It's like a little yeah. starfish yep. skirt. And then sometimes it's on a little stalk and sometimes it's not. And then it's got a little mm-hmm. hole in the top and you poke it and you can see little spores come out of it. Oh, poof. Yep. And they're small. They're usually about the size of a quarter or like a half dollar at their largest. They're different and mm-hmm. you don't want to eat them. When you say puffballs, are you talking about like a taxonomic group of... Nope. So edible puffballs are a specific type of puffball that are just a solid little mushroom mass. Yeah. And they're usually in the genus Calvadia. And they have okay. no skirts nope. or anything weird. No skirts, no stems. Some of them will have like a little bit of a base that make them look like they're a pear turned upside down. Oh, that's cute. Yep. And the spore mass sits on top of it. It's like the big round part of the pear. And then oh, okay. like the neck of the pear is a sterile base, which just kind of holds it up, which mm. lets it catch a little more rain or get up yeah. high enough so that when they do puff out, the wind can pick it up. Okay. Oh. And when you're talking about a stocked mushroom, mm-hmm. that's different because it looks like something different. It looks like a stem on a rose or something. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. there are... I don't want to call them false puffballs because they're still considered, they're just like grouped into that overarching, not scientific word puffball to describe them. Okay. Um, I think their genus is Tulistoma, and that's just a puffball. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's very small, maybe the size of a fat pea on a tiny stick. Oh, That sounds super cute. Yeah. Yeah. And those are also not edible. Puffball is just a term that's, over-encompasses all the species that use rain to just be their spores. And okay. when you poke them, a cloud of spores come out. So it is, It's very general. Yeah. It's just not scientific because a lot of these species, there's one group of puffballs that's more related to guild mushrooms. There's another group of puffballs that's more related to boletes, which are mushrooms with caps, but they have tubes on the underside of the cap instead of Weird. gills. Oh, yeah. I, I had to draw those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's one group of... Of puffballs that are more related to stink horns. Ooh. Yeah. Those are fun. They're just all over the place and they're not even in the same corner of the phylogenetic tree. They're just kind of lumped together because they've all co evolved yeah. rain distribution properties that make them look superficially yeah. similar. Got so it. there's that fancy word polyphyletic again. Okay. Which is exactly what you defined it. Yes. Okay. Nice. Sick. Yeah. Okay, backtracking a little bit, you yes. talked about how you can basically find puffballs kind of year-round, but especially like during fall, and they don't necessarily have to have a lot of moisture, which is what I would think they would need as a mushroom. So why is that? Okay, I'm going to backtrack. So I think when we had initially touched on that, I did say that they'll pers- they'll be out all year round. Mm-hmm. What I should have reiterated or um, broken that down a little bit more into was they love rain. Okay. Okay. So they absolutely need a lot of rain in order for their fruiting bodies to, um, to get out their spores. Well, not not even that, but to actually oh. grow itself. Okay. So you'll most often find these puffballs, like these uh, calvadias that I'm talking about, the big white ones. Yeah. Um, after a good rain in the fall, so it's supposed to rain here mm-hmm. pretty soon, and I'm definitely yes. planning on going out. And they usually reach full size in about two weeks, and that. Includes includes reaching maturity okay so they're very fast growing and then just kind of pop up overnight and Mm -hmm. um so they do need a lot of water okay now when i say you can find them year-round i mean what's left of the fruiting body 
Oh, yeah. so they just stick around a really long time. Yeah, so okay. they fruit or they start growing in the fall, mm-hmm. but the mass or that gleba, the brown spore mass after yep. it matures, sticks around all year round, and you can find last year's old puffballs out in the park right now. Yeah, Got so it. like there was one when you first started working here, and we were like, learning that sometimes it pays to not look at birds and instead <laughs> when you look at the ground you find weird mushrooms and they're really fun yeah and there was like one specific puffball you had to like walk on the tra- quail trail and go like off the path into this like row of cedar trees you know what i'm talking about yep, and there was that, that one puffball that stayed there like all freaking winter yep and every single school group i got i was like do you guys want to go off the path and we would take them back there and we would all Aww. like gather around this like one little like decrepit old puffball that was still <laughs> left over and i'd be like oh wow you guys look what i found <laughs> oh my goodness every That's time great. like oh oh I, I goodness me what is this and then we would pick it up and just poke it and then it disappeared one time and it made me really sad but it lasted a long time and it kind of kept looking really sad it would kind of be falling apart and like really raggedy looking but we could still pick it up and it would still smoke and everybody was floored about it every time are you crying no it just makes me so happy (laughs) oh okay i'm crying a little yeah you are Anyway, oh, we were talking about their fruiting bodies persisting all year round. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, you can find their old decrepit little bodies <laughs> just waiting for the spring rains to Still spread their spores around some more. Still smoking. Aww. Yep. So, okay. they can stick around. Now, that's not true for all species of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. It's just more common with puffballs. Gotcha. Is that true for earth stars? Puffballs, too? Yeah, they tend to hang around quite a bit. They're pretty hardy. Okay. So there are a couple of other things I want to mention about these guys. One is that uh, in Tibet, they would use puffballs to make ink. What? Yep. Um, what color? Black. Or like a the, very dark color. The fruiting body or like the spores? The fruiting bodies. Okay. So they is will, it the gleba? <gasps> I don't know what stage they Ooh. use it in. All I know is that they will burn it. Oh. Then they grind Earth it up into fungus. ash. And then they put in put it in water, and then they add some kind of a liquid glue, and then they have to press it for a long time, and it turns into this goopy ink. That is not at That's all the direction strange. I thought that was taking. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? That's so weird. Yeah, I just learned that. How did they even figure that out? No yeah. idea. I have no clue. Um, but there are also Native American tribes that use it for medicinal purposes. So that mass of mature spores, that gleba, is really, really mm-hmm. dry. Because if it's dry, it makes everything really light. Oh, yes. oh it's, okay. It's fluffy. Yes. yes. Not gives yes. off light, but it's easily picked up by the wind. Mm-hmm. It has very little mass. Right. Lindsay keeps making like hand gestures and wavy fingers to indicate spores floating, like, floating off of yes. the brain. <laughs> I need to, I'm a very handy, gestury person. The Lakota tribe would actually use these dried spores to stop bleeding. What? So they would pack wounds. Full of spores. Full of mushroom spores. And no mushrooms grew out of the wound. None of them. Okay. Yeah, because it acts as a coagulant. Weird. Yep. That is super strange. Just learned that too. Is that just because it's a mushroom or can you do that with like cattail fluff? Mm. You know, I don't know. Act like gauze or something. I think you can. I think you can do. You should try it. Yeah, next time I get cut, I'm not putting a bandaid on it. We're just Just gonna stuff some like stuff we found out find outside into my wound. That's a great idea. I have a tetanus shot. It'll be fine. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think that's it. Aw, darn. I know. We can keep talking about it if you want. 
But that's all I had in my notesies. Lindsay Rain. Rain? When did you consider yourself first the Mushroom Queen? Oh, I never did. Everybody else just started calling me that. The title was given to her. Bestowed. She it. Bestowed. <laughs> Upon her. Yes. Lindsay Rain, the Mushroom Queen. Lindsay <laughs> Rain is not how you say it. <laughs> yeah, my last name is Ryan. Yeah, sometimes I get emails asking for help to identify stuff, and they address me as Miss Mycelium. <gasps> oh, is that, that is like super cute. Yeah. Tag name on certain. It's the name of my cell phone. <laughs> oh yeah, what? every time we have Bluetooth enabled and it connects, it's like Miss Mycelium is connected. Searching for Miss Mycelium. <laughs> Miss Mycelium. Yep. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's true. Ooh, I have a question actually. Yeah. So. During the winter, you know, stuff gets cold, frozen, all that. What happens to all of the mycelium underground ah, during ooh, winter? That's a really good question. Because it's really moist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. So the fact that it's buried in the substrate actually uh-huh. protects it. Okay. From Because I know there's like freezing. a freeze line in the soil. Mm-hmm. So like I know with turtles, they have to go a couple of feet down underneath the freeze line to stay safe during winter. And you told us that we're walking on mycelium. Yeah. yeah. So it's not visible, but it's just there underneath the surface. Now, how does it not freeze? From what I know of, I think that a lot of these species have anti-freezing Ooh, properties. Ooh, fun. Ooh, like anti-freeze. Yeah. <laughs> So, thanks for the clarification. (laughs) I realized like halfway through letting that word come out of my mouth that it didn't, it it wasn't helpful. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, a lot of them can survive the winter because they just don't freeze. And I think sometimes when they have mycorrhizal relationships with trees, Mm -hmm. so the trees are giving the fungi or the mycelium... um, carbohydrates and a little extra water and sugars and stuff that it can't get by itself anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the mycelium is smaller than root hairs, so right. it has the ability to absorb more water, thus helping the tree get more water than it normally would be able to. So right. they have that okay. healthy symbiotic relationship. Yes. And I think that in that case, those species can be a little further underground, and that keeps them from freezing. Okay. And um, they don't have to worry about being high enough up to get moisture because the tree can give it to them. Nice. Oh, do they make mushrooms? Yes, they do. Uh-huh. But Most, there's, do they have to like send out like a really long little shoot? Uh, kind of. It starts out as like a, they call it a mycelial knot. It's like a mm. little ball that mm-hmm. starts underneath the surface and then it kind of expands and get bigger and bigger and bigger. So, oh, okay. Yeah. But if you, if you dig down far enough, maybe like a, a spade's worth around a mushroom and you dig it up. A spade is in like a little hand shovel. Yeah. Okay. Like a little hand shovel. Thank Just you. Just making sure. <laughs> And you dig it up, you can probably see a bunch of mycelium attached to the base Neat. of that. That's so. really cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to go exploring. There's some right out there. I saw <gasps> some just, the squirrels are digging underneath the trees out there, and they've Ooh. exposed a lot of mycelium. Oh, okay, that's fun. We're going to go look at some mycelium. Yep. Um, thanks, Lindsay, for sharing your one of your favorites with us. My pleasure. Good old puff balls. Yep. Awesome. Which we're not going to kick anymore. Nope. Not yeah. just not that I did before. Just pokes. Gently poke. In the face. You can flick it if In you want. The face. Thanks to our producers, the Great Plains Nature Center, who we work for. Yep. Mm-hmm. And let me go out in the park on my lunch break and look for mushrooms. <laughs> yes. It's, it's work. Yeah. It's, it's not really work. a lunch break. It's really working over your lunch break. That's true. It yeah. It's part of the job. It's all how you frame things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put any puffball pictures, videos of Lindsay 
responsibly tapping puffballs <laughs> and various things on her show notes page on the website. So the next time you see a little puffball, give it a wave, say hi, poke it in the face. Nice poke. A nice poke. And who knows, maybe that'll become your next favorite thing. Okay, I saw a gif of a rabbit yesterday, and every time somebody would, like, poke its little tail, a little poop popped out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it was, like, sleeping on its side, and every time he'd, like, poke its tail, it was, like, a little pellet, like, world. one little pellet dispensed out of its butt. Jeez. Oh, my word. Sorry, you said poke it and stuff comes out. Yeah, I, I figured something weird was going to come out. <laughs>